Ladies and gentlemen, do I even need to describe? Do I even need to sit here with this look on my face and tell you that this is episode 99 of the Open Guard cast? I have never been this amped. I have never felt such suspense for an episode of the Open Guard cast. You're listening to this one as a teaser, as a titillator, if you will, of episode 100. Who will be our guest? Who knows? I'm not sure. I don't even know. That's how much suspense I've built for myself, is I won't even give myself my own information. My name is Jake Watson. This is Danny O'Donnell, the most handsome, the most inimitable, the most average height podcast host hey. in, in jiu-jitsu. 31 years old, not 32. I know I've said that several occasions over the course of filming this episode or filming this show, uh, but he is 31 years old and he, he looks like he's going to be 24 forever, Danny <laughs> O'Donnell. Uh, I am the guest slash the host, and he is the guest slash the host of the Open Guard cast. We're just going to talk about our time on the show so far. 99 episodes of a, of a podcast down. That's like almost all, that's almost that's over 100 hours we have spent talking to each other over the internet. We have used multiple platforms. We have interviewed people from all sorts of walks of life. We've had Andrew Wiltsey on the show twice, and we haven't got a warrant from the FBI yet, which is fantastic. <laughs> we had Andre Galvao on the show. We, uh, we we just had some amazing guests. We've formed some great friendships, and we really love the jiu-jitsu community. I've rambled for long enough. Danny and Donald, how are you today? I'm good. I do want to talk about the podcast, all that stuff. I also want to talk about your experience at American Nationals last weekend, cool. if you don't mind. How's that I sound? don't mind. You know what? Let's start with the American Nationals then, because I actually really want to talk about how the show's gone so far. You know, I feel like we've we've really grown together. Uh, there's a lot of funny moments and funny happenings I want to talk about with the show too, mm-hmm. and just kind of how um, how we've developed uh, some of the stuff we've learned. And uh, I just think that'd be that'd be a whole lot of fun to do, Mr. O'Donnell. So why don't we yeah. why don't we get started with with that? But okay. uh, let's get started with American Nationals. All right, let's do it. So you competed gi and no gi. Went up to the heavyweight division. So I think you did gi first, right? Yes, I did gi. Um, okay. Competed in talk heavyweight. About, yeah, you want to talk about your first match in uh, heavyweight in the gi? Yeah. First of all, I do want to say that uh, signing up for heavyweight was a decision I made after winning medium heavy in 2020. So American Nationals 2020, uh, a result of the pandemic, obviously, they, they moved the date of American Nationals to November from July. Uh, from July. And in November... Uh, I competed medium heavy and I had three fights and I won and then I got third in the open losing to uh, Joao Gabriel Hocha, the big mm-hmm. one. And uh, <laughs> yeah, because there's a Joao Gabriel Souza and people get confused with them sometimes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I I felt really good at that tournament uh, and I decided, you know what? Um, given where I was at the time that I signed up for American Nationals, uh, I was about 204 pounds with my gi on. So I was like, I'm going to sign up for heavy because I don't feel like cutting. But then I lost weight coming into this American Nationals. So I weighed about 193 with my gi on. I was like, all right, I lost some weight. That wasn't good. Um, but I still went to, to the heavyweight division. My first match was against Bradley Robert Hingler, who's a great guy. I uh, got the chance to talk to him after the match. He's very friendly, very funny. He was an Autos and, uh, competitor? He's an Autos competitor. I don't know if maybe he was a new black belt from Autos or if he's just getting an opportunity to compete under Autos. Maybe he just went to uh, I'm not sure. But uh, – I did get an opportunity to meet him and talk to him. I really like him, and uh, me and him had a, had a great match. He had some really good uh, recovery from bad positions. I started out the match with the Britambolo, which I haven't done since I was like purple belt, like going right into a Britambolo right off the bat in a match. I don't know why. I was feeling I was feeling amped for this <laughs> tournament. Actually, I do know why, but uh, it's because I was, I was really excited. Life has been really good lately, and I uh, I 
went into that match with like a head full of steam, but I kind of, I, I, I felt the old Jake Watson, like getting tired midway through a match because he's doing too much kind of thing happening <laughs> to me. And I was like, all right, we gotta, we gotta calm down a little bit. We gotta make sure that we're not going to absolutely burn ourselves completely out before I get to fight Bruno Lima next. And then what happened with Bruno Lima is I lost like, I think I lost nine to zero. Um, the match started off with me getting swept. I let him pull and I was okay with it because I wanted to be on top because I realized he was stronger. And I feel like against stronger opponents being on top is, I don't know why I just kind of like it, but uh, against him, he does a very awkward butterfly sweep and he does the, the quote unquote Mike Fowler sweep, which is a very weird variation of, of the butterfly sweep from uh reverse, reverse De La Hiva, but almost like in a spider guard type of, type of uh knee positioning or sorry, not, Spider guard, uh, scissor sweep, mm -hmm. uh, knee positioning. Like it's scissors sweeping the, the knee joint. <laughs> yes, yes. It's kind of weird. It's, yeah. it's, it is very weird. And I got caught with it. And I was like, oh, that's what that is. Uh, so he, and, and then, you know, I felt a lot of how tight he was. You know, I mean, the, the, the strength difference was definitely very apparent to me uh, coming from medium heavy to heavy, especially since I'm already not a very strong medium heavy competitor, I don't believe. Um, and I guess that's. You know, that's a whole other conversation of just, uh, you know, are you confident in your strength type of thing? But I'll get more confident in my strength the more I, the more I develop and the more I, I learn about my own body. Uh, but that match, it didn't go as well as I wanted. Obviously, I felt like uh, I felt like I definitely suffered in uh, in some different areas in that matchup. But I will, uh, 100%. I will get better the more I, because I will, I will match up against him again. And you know, he formerly he was, I think he was middleweight or maybe he was medium heavy. Formerly, uh, he had beaten Ronaldo Jr. at the, uh, I think it was like the 2018 or 2019 European Championship. Mm -hmm. And he's very, very good. And now he trains at Legion. He was Gracie Baja uh, prior to joining Legion with Keenan Cornelius. But very cool guy. I got the opportunity to talk to him as well, which is something I really relish at tournaments. Uh, and then he went on to lose to Pedro Mourinho via guillotine, I believe. So that was my division. Uh but I, you know, as much as I fought really hard in my division, I at, toward the end of the match with Bruno, I, I threw up an arm bar. It almost worked. His arm went straight, and I had it. And then he yanked it out again. The strength difference uh, mm -hmm. and the explosiveness really like kind of on display, and and you could really see the difference. Um, and then there was an opportunity for me to do a triangle, uh, and then I think I went for, I think I went for like a like a footlock too, maybe that don't, that might may have been like close to working, but. At the end of the day, it's too little, too late, and uh, to have that kind of like, to have that kind of confidence in my ability to win toward the end of a fight that I'm losing by a lot is not good. You know, <laughs> it's just not the right time to have that kind of confidence. Uh, yeah, but then I went Bruno, on to the open. Yeah, Bruno's game really impressed me. I thought um, he did really well, especially because I know how good you are, and I haven't really seen him compete too much. I did see the match with Ronaldo at Europeans, so I knew he was obviously had the talent and the skill to to do well, but. It was also cool to see Pedro Mourinho win just because you competed against him and he was such a nice guy when we met him at Fight to Win. So I was really happy to see that. But, but yeah, oh, yeah. The, the division was fun to watch. I liked watching you. I liked watching Bruno. I liked watching Pedro. So it was, it was a fun division. Oh, man, Pedro Mourinho is a fantastic human being. Yeah. Uh, I really, I really like that guy. He, you know, me and him uh, sat down and, like, talked like, like friends after – after I was done uh, losing to Bruno and him beating Bruno, <laughs> just talking about the differences and how he felt versus him and mm -hmm. uh, talking about Submission Underground, which he went on to get second place at the next day. Mm -hmm. uh, and just like a bunch of really, it was just really cool to be able to have a conversation with him uh, and 
after fight two, and I believe we got a little closer, you know, I was even able to pray for him at the event once again, which is really cool. Uh, and that's a huge part of my, my public ministry and, and what I want to do in the jiu-jitsu community is I want to be able to have an impact and a legacy that transcends competition. So being able to do that was really cool. And I feel like that was one of the biggest takeaways from American Nationals for me was being able to have conversations with like Aries Loinap and uh, Robert Drysdale and, and being able to just talk to all these people in the community and develop relationships as well. But uh, I feel like really what I was what I was excited about too was uh, going to the Open and having that match with Felipe Andrew I think was really impactful. Yeah, that was an awesome match. you want to talk about that? <laughs> I do, yeah. So uh, previously I had fought Felipe Andrew at Third Coast Grappling, and that was a crazy match too. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think it has to do with the fact that we're both nuts, and we <laughs> both uh, we both have like this idea of jujitsu to where it's like we're just trying to f- we just love to fight. We're just fighters. <laughs> uh, he has okay. So I think his gas tank is a little better than mine. I'm not gonna say it's way better. I got tired, and that's why I lost. Um, his gas tank is a little better, but that's not the difference between me and him right now as a competitor. He has a switch in his head of willpower that I don't think it actually matters how tired Felipe is. He doesn't know how to stop. So he'll exhaust himself past his capacity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. He was he and, he and he's really good at leaning dead weight. So it's really not wasting energy in the same way that I have to put weight because when I put weight, it's like a pulling and a get my body close to you and, and encroach on your space. He's just doing that by leaning and by just yeah. smothering you with every bit of him. And it's very annoying. It is the worst. Uh, and it's heavy and it's tiring to push. I got tired pushing. I'm just, I'm just pushing, 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 pushing. And I'm so sick to death of pushing. By the end of the fight, I'm exhausted. And I was, I was winning for, for about – Seven minutes of the match, I think I was mm-hmm. winning. Um, even I think I had two points and an advantage to his zero, and then he passed. And I was like, "Dang, like that." Yeah, what you what you just said reminds me of Marcio so much. Like you feel like he just releases his weight on you, and you're just carrying oh, yeah. every ounce of his body weight. So oh, you're just pushing and pushing, worst. and you're so exhausted. Go ahead. It's, sorry. it's re- no, I love it because it's it's good to draw those parallels because you're gonna be able to see that in Marcio the same way that I'm going to be able to see the teaching principles that Andre has given me because Andre has taught me the same stuff and Andre is 168 pounds when he was complete uh, competing as a black belt I'm 193 pounds competing as a black belt so it's a little bit different and uh you know versus Felipe I I was and this is something that has happened for me on multiple occasions competing and me and you talked on the phone about this the other day Danny uh the the matrix which is a big uh you know, to, to somebody listening who's like, what the hell is jiu-jitsu? They're going to go, the Keanu Reeves? No, but uh, <laughs> the, the ability to wrap the lapel on the, on the same side, De La Hiva, and go throw your opposite hook around to take the back. That's something I've been working for like two weeks, and I was able to hit it and almost complete a back take on Felipe Andrew with minimal drilling. Uh, I don't like to say Kit Dale's right about anything. But if there's one thing Kit Dale, <laughs> there's one thing Kit Dale is onto. I think that being able to understand the principles of jiu-jitsu does help your ability to do a move, regardless if you drill it. But I think that if I would have drilled that move more, I, I likely would have actually completed the move on Felipe, um, because I know he didn't have an answer for it, whereas Bruno Lima did. Like I tried to set it up on Bruno, it didn't work at all. Uh, in fact, he kicked out of it quick, uh, so quick that he passed my guard off of it, and I was like, oh, that guy knows what he's doing. 
Felipe's uh, didn't didn't really have an answer for it yet. He will, uh, but but not not at that at that point in time. Uh, but like I tried, I think I, I busted out Bimbolo. I busted out the Matrix. I did. I I wanted to attempt the triangle from close guard on Felipe. I was attacking the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one one major takeaway was just the ability to, you know, this is something Andre talked about. Being able to, because I, I do believe that this is a learned behavior, but I don't necessarily think it is teachable in the same way I can teach you to do math. So I can't tell somebody, hey, you cannot quit. Uh, or maybe I can, but it's very difficult to do that. I think it's easier to do that intrinsically through introducing people to environments where they cannot give up. Mm-hmm. So Felipe doesn't quit. Uh, I don't quit. Uh, I mean, I was down by a lot with Felipe. I was down by a lot by, I mean, in the Nogi division, which we'll talk about uh, in a minute, I was down 20 to zero. And obviously I could, I could have just stopped and been like, listen, like this is not going to happen for me. I, I've lost by a lot. Uh, this is, this is pretty much over. Or you could say, you know what, what if like, I'm going to fight as hard as I can. And if I, if I lose, then I left it all out there. And if I win, it'll be, it'll be because I left it all out there, you know? Um, was was so, Andre there coaching you? Was Andre awesome. Andre Maracaba nice. in the flesh was there coaching me? Uh, fun I heard fun him. thing, you know what? Yeah, fun thing <laughs> about my coach, he's never able to be there, and it, it's like being being able to have Andre in my corner screaming at me. Uh, he's a very passionate coach, and I and I miss. I didn't realize how much I missed this until people were coming up to me talking about it. But people came up to me and they're like, "Oh, dude, your coach is insane." He was yelling at Felipe Andrews saying. Jake, he's tired. I know you're tired, but he's more tired. Andre does. Andre yells that kind of stuff not just for me to gain confidence, or or and or to understand the nature of what's happening in the fight, but also to kind of be a voice that the other person has to hear because it is daunting to hear somebody else's coach say you're tired, and then maybe you are tired, and they know, and now you know he knows, and it's like, Ugh. but uh, that's that's. Really, something I, I love about Andre is he's very involved, and his passion is it just it's contagious. It's hard to not reciprocate that passion, especially when you love jujitsu. Like I like I love jujitsu. I love competing, and though I've grown to love competition in a different way uh, over the course of my time competing, and I love it for different reasons than I used to. Still, I'm very passionate about pushing myself to be the best that I possibly can. Um, and Andre really fosters that. He fosters just being able to, he's given me books by John Wooden, the best, uh, college basketball coach of all time. Uh, just speaking about, you know, uh, what is it? Success is when opportunity meets, or success is when preparation meets opportunity. Yep. And that's just like exactly what I need to be doing. And I struggle with it, but, uh, American nationals was, was a big reminder of, okay, I'm good enough to win. And I, and I don't think anybody listening to this would have a problem saying that, that I'm definitely good enough to win uh, an IBJJF major. I believe I'm good enough to win IBJJF Worlds. Uh, but I need to have that opportunity be met with my preparation. And that's something I truly have never done, uh, is really be as prepared as I possibly could. That's something that I just haven't really put a lot of emotional time into because I've been searching for things that are less material and I've been, uh, more focusing on my walk with Jesus and, and more focusing on, uh, fostering myself and my ability to be a husband and a father. And that's not something that's happening just yet. I know I've been posing pictures of, uh, me in a, in a, in a happy relationship and it looks like we're <laughs> engaged, 
one day, but not not now. Uh, <laughs> but that's like something that I care a lot about, and uh, that's why I preach the book Wild at Heart by John or uh, John Eldridge. And uh, I've gone on a bit of a tangent now, but I'm, what I'm saying is American Nationals as a whole for me was a big reminder of where I'm at, where I could be, and where I want to be. And I think that going forward, Danny O'Donnell and I are going to be having more open swole cast days. And, <laughs> yeah, for uh, sure. Do I'm going to gonna... Bro, we need to do that. And, you know, yeah. I canceled my gym membership to Pro Physiques because I uh, want to focus heavily on calisthenics. I'm going to be talking to our friend Jordan Syed about potentially uh, consulting his help on forming a calisthenics program. Oh, that'd uh, be just awesome. As, He's I think it would. Incredible. Yeah, and I, I want to heal my body a little bit. Uh, I feel mm -hmm. like I've developed a little bit of back pain, some hip pain. And, uh, and even some like, like my IT bands and everything like that are all tight from just not taking care of myself very well. Um, but I, I got to see Natalia Chantry again and, and nice. be very transparent with some of the struggles I have with diet, which, uh, I will definitely talk more about on a different episode of the open guard cast where, uh, I can be more transparent, hopefully, uh, offer a helping hand with my testimony, uh, to athletes who also struggle with the same thing. Mm -hmm. But, uh. So I do yeah. want to ask you about uh, Nogi, too, because I know, like, who's number one has been a really big event lately, and that's, like, inspired a lot of people to train more Nogi, to learn leg locks, stuff like that. And IBJJF also allowing the leg locks has motivated a lot of people to, to mm -hmm. train more Nogi. And I'm the same way. Like, I feel like I'm so, like, fascinated with it right now and all the new positions to learn and stuff. It's really cool. So do you want to talk about just that? Like, how who's number one and some of the latest – like trends that you've seen in Nogi have inspired you to train and then also inspired you to compete in Nogi. So I, in, in my opinion, I see an incredible lack of the usage of, of butterfly guard in Nogi and butterfly guard is my, is my jam. Uh, I freaking love it. And I think that it is anti body lock passing. I think that a proper butterfly guard will stop the butter, uh, will stop the body lock pass. Um, a lot of the time. I know that uh, Bruno Lima really tried to body lock past me right off the bat, squeezed me tight, but I had double underhooks, eventually shimmied up and was able to sweep him and take his back. So Bruno Lima beat me 9-0 to zero in the gi. I beat him 6-0 to zero in no gi. Um, I felt great. I, I, I have been doing, I think I did seven no gi classes in preparation for American Nationals, and I ended up receiving second place. Um, I really felt like sticking to fundamentals will oftentimes, and I mean oftentimes, beat this new meta of a incredible Ashigarami-focused game. Um, I feel like a lot of people harp on the leg attacks because they see his effectiveness and they see that at the highest level, a la the Craig Jones and the Gordon Ryan of... I mean, Gordon does you know everything now and he's good enough to do so, but... You know, when Gordon really made his name, it was off the leg locks and being able to see people like John Thor Blank and the, these people who are essentially like, I mean, they borderline have a foot fetish. And it's like just seeing the success that they've had with that, I think it spurs a lot of people. Like I remember I watched a, I, I watched an adult match at a lower weight class where a guy just, he went for like eight different leg entries and the guy got out of every single one. But it was, I was like, wow, like, Imagine if you use one of those to come up and sweep, like yeah. at least one of them to come up and sweep. I think that'd be really effective. And I didn't try any of them. I, I think I tried one at the end of the fight with Bruno because so in, in my first match, like I said, I won six to zero. But it, against Bruno, I lost 20 to zero. 
And it all started off of me trying a Bruno conventional Matias ankle lock. Bruno Bruno Matias, right? yes. Yeah. And by the way, congratulations to him. Uh, he's incredible. He's very technical. Uh, granted, throughout the match, there was that uh, sort of, you know, I felt like um, he exploited my impatience. So I was, uh, uh, the match started out, I pulled guard, I got under his leg, I was doing good. And you know what? Um, boo on me, I guess. Uh, I would say because I really like did not display a good sense of game plan. I was, I was very, um, I was very overzealous with my attack, and that's what got my back taken. He did a beautiful back take off of my footlock. So I went for a conventional straight ankle lock, both feet on the hips, and I turned away from him. My left, my left foot in this case, the one closest to him, slides off his hip over to the other side. So he leg drags me and takes my back, and I. As it was happening, I knew it was happening, but I couldn't stop it because I was so focused on this footlock. Did you That's feel like the footlock was tight? You know, I, I can never tell with some people because I feel like if somebody has a tight foot, like like Nathan Mendelssohn had a tight foot, I could tell he was going to tap. Um, but with Bruno, I couldn't. I couldn't tell he was going to tap because I felt like his foot was very flexible. Uh I really wanted him to tap for sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was a very good move on him. And it really, it showed an area of immaturity, I believe, uh, in my game because I, I really, I really thought I was going to submit him. And even if I didn't know I was going to submit him, I was still trying with every bit of my energy to submit him instead of focusing on defending when the time was right to defend. I just kept fighting to the bitter end. And then eventually he got a hook in, took my back, and, uh, and and then mounted me. So I'm down, I'm down eight points to zero. And then I'm moving forward. I'm really like I'm I'm butt scooting forward. I'm trying to take down. He keeps on going out of bounds. He gets I think he gets like two stalling penalties. He gets two. Uh, doesn't get the third one because he never he never got I never scored on him. But he had two stalling penalties, and I knew that he was trying to get me to get like he's backing up. And then eventually, boom, he got tight. And it was in the midst of me getting frustrated that he got tight on me and passed my guard again. And Borderline took my back again. I think he might have even took my back again. <laughs> so he passed and took my back and mounted me. And I'm like, oh, gosh, like this is just a – I'm getting schooled because I'm, I'm, because I'm frustrated. I never felt outclassed. I felt like he exploited, you know. Uh, and by outclassed, I mean like I don't think I'm conventionally worse at jiu-jitsu than him. I think that he is – he was in a in a mode of uh, in in the compet in the competition between me and him. He was much sharper that day, and he really showed the difference in competitive maturity that I think he probably has compared to me. Uh, and I think that that was really really cool because I got to kind of get a get a lesson, you know, coming back to the nogi scene and being like, all right, cool, that's an example of a competitor who is fantastic. Like, if you watch the match versus him and Felipe Trovo, he punked Felipe Trovo. He really did. And it was like, it was a hand, it was a handy, handy, decisive victory for Bruno. Mm -hmm. um, and that's no disrespect to Felipe. Hey, I, I, yeah, got, I awesome. got punked. I got punked by Bruno. Um, and he was just on point that day. And I ended up not doing the open because my body was really hurting over the weekend. I had, I had some wars. Uh, and I put my body through a lot. I think I did like an hour of jiu-jitsu total uh, in like five or six matches. A lot. Uh, but 
Overall, I feel like, uh, and then at the end of the Bruno match, I, I I threw a heel hook that I don't know how to do. You know, like it, it was, it's not that I don't know how to do heel hooks. I know how to do heel hooks. It's just I threw a heel hook that I have no idea what I'm doing with. And he just like pushed me off with his foot and like just looked at the time. I was like, wow, that's I feel like a kid, you know. Um, but I really enjoyed my experience and. I did not feel at all disappointed about losing. Obviously, looking at a margin like that kind of stings because you're like, mm, that doesn't look good. But uh, but I I never felt uh, you know I never felt like I didn't belong in the division. Uh, there's been some tournaments where I was like, man, I really didn't feel like I even belonged out there. But getting second place in American Nationals, uh, learning a lot, and getting excited for potential opportunities to compete in super fight shows in Nogi is really, really cool, and I'm very excited to do it. I really want to fight Fight to Win Nogi. I want to fight uh, even ADCC Trials. Uh, I, I could see myself definitely doing ADCC Trials. And, uh, yeah, it's more opportunities to get my name out there, more opportunities to develop relationships, more opportunities to increase my brand, which will eventually lead people to hear the gospel, and uh, that's pretty much the whole goal here. That's awesome. So what were your, like, main takeaways from, like, the tournament – and where do you see yourself like competing next? Uh, where I see myself competing, I know I'm going to compete at the Phoenix Open, but unfortunately, IBJJF. I will not be. Yes, the IBJJF okay. Phoenix Open, July 31st. I will. I will most definitely be there. Uh, I also just got off of the waiting list. Uh, I will be competing at Pans 2021. Uh, registration closed for that, but they they I was on a waiting list, and now they approved my registration, which is cool. Uh, so I have to pay for that, which that will do. Um, but uh, other than those two tournaments, like those are both gi tournaments because I can't compete Phoenix Open no gi because that's closed, and that sucks. And I don't want to get a. I don't want if I'm gonna get on a waiting list and pay for a tournament, I'm gonna pay for Pan Am's over you know over a no gi local. Uh, mm -hmm. But I know that Fight to Win is the weekend prior and that night of the Phoenix yep. Open, so I would very much like to compete on one of those. Um, I really want to be the main event of a Fight to Win. I really do. I feel like uh, this is not me tooting my own horn. I believe that I am a pro. I I believe that I am perhaps the most prolific competitor in Arizona. Uh, I do very much enjoy representing my state, even though I, I I don't hold such things as vain. But I do absolutely love representing Arizona, and I and I think that it'd be very fun to have a, a big fight um, in Arizona as the main event. And uh, most of all, I just I, I want to compete. As much as I can, I want to do more nogi. It's it, it like scares me in a good way, because I understand the threat of the heel hook, but also at American Nationals, I never felt, I never felt scared. I never felt like I was put in a position uh, to be in danger. I felt like maybe once I was in a position where like, oh okay, he might he might step over, but I most of all my game is butterfly, so my feet are usually going to be inside my opponent's legs anyway. Mm -hmm. So I never felt uh, I never felt in in any serious danger. And I felt very confident. And I think that uh, working more Butterfly Guard is going to be really, really fruitful since I already love it so much. Yeah. Yeah, I want to work more Butterfly Guard, too. I feel like it sets up all the – if you do want to do the leg entanglement game, it can set all that up. Like you said, your feet are both on the inside of your opponent's mm -hmm. legs. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. I feel like your game is definitely suited for Nogi. But you forgot to mention how you want to commentate the Fight to Win events coming up as well. You're darn right. <laughs> So I, what I would want to do is I would want to commentate with Danny uh, on one of them and fight on the other, but I want Danny to commentate both of them because, um, and this is bold to say, but I believe that uh, Danny and I have some of the best commentary in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. 
And I have no problem saying that because uh, I believe that we put some of the most preparation into our commentary for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, I think that we follow. We we want. We are aiming to stand on the shoulders of giants. We're not aiming to to sit in chairs that other people do. You know, so um, we we are very excited for the future of Jiu-Jitsu, and mostly we just want to be a part of it. That we yeah. want to be we want to be leaders in uh, an era of followers. And we're not interested in giving anything but our best to the community that gave us every way more than we ever thought was possible. Uh, I, I owe, I don't owe anything, but I, if I did, I would owe a lot to the, a lot of the people in, in the jujitsu community for my own personal growth and development. And that, that being said, I very much enjoy following the example of people like John Anik. John Evans is a great Brazilian jujitsu mm-hmm. commentator. Uh, John Anik is in the UFC. Ricardo Mendolia. Uh, God bless Ricardo Amendolia, another fellow Christian. And just uh, I think that we put the most preparation into it. And I think that if people are going to not mute Fight to Win, if people are going to keep the sound on on a commentary show, it's usually going to be because they're listening to people like the Open Guard cast. And that kind of confidence I think now is warranted. I used to be a little more bashful about it because I didn't have any fruit. But, I mean, we made EUG exciting. And we, I, I don't think anybody could watch EUG and say that's a boring show uh, because I think it's a very exciting show. And I know there's complaints about that show, what with the mat size or there's, you know, competitors are doing this. But like at the end of the day, you're going to get some, you're going to get some knowledge about these competitors. You're going to get some betting odds. You're going to get exciting commentary. We're going to freak out when you're <laughs> freaking out. Like that's just it. And that, I know you just laughed, but that goes into it. Yeah, so, for sure. Being able to have Danny O'Donnell behind the mic of a fight to win and Jake Watson as his as his partner, I think, is going to be a very fruitful decision for every single super fight company out there. And I'm willing to defend that. Uh, fight to win being one of them. Fight, I, my career started at fight to win as a purple belt, getting, a, getting the submission against, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but getting the submission. Uh, and that flow grappling got a hold of it, and then people wanted to invite me for more super fights, and that's really cool. I, I love... I love Seth Daniels. I love uh, Dark Side Grappler, Sean Joseph. All mm-hmm. these guys at Fight Twin who are just amazing people. We yeah, want the opportunity. Awesome. For sure, and, yeah. Uh, if you're coming to Arizona, why not us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really, I'm really, i really going to push forward, too. I think we both are. But I, I don't see why it won't happen, but we'll see. I'm not going to count my chickens before they hatch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Me neither. And I know that, uh, you know, there's, there's, we love, we love Josh Stockton or Stockman, Josh Stockman and, uh, and, and Jay pages. We love you guys, but we want the shot. We mm-hmm. do. And at the, at the end of the day, it's, it's not like a malicious thing. We just, we just want the shot. You know, we want, we want to be able to, we want to be able to show what we're capable of too. Yeah. And definitely. it means a lot to us. This is like a future thing. Like Danny and I want to commentate combat sports. Like we want to, we want to commentate MMA and boxing and Muay Thai. Like just be like the Mauro Ronaldo's, the John Anna Kenny Florian combo. Like, I'm serious. I'm gonna travel to freaking Boston. I'm gonna learn from Kenny Florian how to make this happen for myself. Like, I'm gonna do it. He was on the show. He told me to come. I'm gonna do it. And Danny's gonna come with me. We're gonna take a freaking vacation to Boston, Massachusetts, <laughs> and we're gonna learn under Kenny Florian. And we're gonna freaking meet John. Ann- I don't care. What we gotta do. I want that for my future. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of opportunity, and there's gonna be more as more super fight shows pop up. So. I definitely also want to commentate for a bunch of different events. I think it's going to be amazing. It was so fun yeah. doing EUG, and I think Fight to Win would be incredible. That's kind of like the next goal in my 
line of sight, but I definitely think we can do more in the future and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, awesome. So talk a little bit about the open guard cast now, uh, for like, let's talk about open guard cast for like 15 minutes. So, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, it's been nine. This is the 99th time I've looked at your, uh, actually, okay. The Danny O'Donnell show happens sometimes. Can I just say, ladies and gentlemen, I want you, I want you to listen carefully to what I say, and I want Danny to shut the hell up for two minutes. <laughs> listen, the Danny O'Donnell show is a is an area of the open guard cast that Jake Watson likely doesn't deserve. Okay, here's why: sometimes stuff happens. I'm gone. I'm somewhere. Uh, I'm busy. Who knows, right? And the same thing for Danny. But when, but. Sometimes I can't be a part of the show. I have to. Dad's got to leave, right? <laughs> but uh, sometimes I can't be a part of the show, and Danny steps in. And Danny absolutely rocks the mic. Comes in, gives an interview to an athlete, uh, is personable, is friendly, is knowledgeable, and carries the heart of the open guard cast by himself, right? And I think that that's a dynamic that really showcases what the open guard cast is all about. It's a it's about the athletes, right? <laughs> so I, I want to take this time on the 99th episode of the Open Guard cast uh, to thank Danny for his ability to take on that role because at the end of the day, I don't, I don't have the um, ability to do that. I, I don't – it's just – False. False. No, statement. no, no. Calm down. I don't have the ability to do it because of – circumstance not because of like like danny i'm jake watson can do anything. <laughs> i'm just kidding but no, i know uh, what you mean i know what you mean you, sometimes you your schedule saying. you're you have a crazy busy schedule and you're teaching you're training you're doing tons of other projects on the side so i understand yeah sometimes it's just things it's hard to align our schedule sometimes and that's perfectly yeah. fine yes. but yeah you and rock I it on the mic to, every time and, and it's fun and i love doing the open guard cast with you but i wanted to thank you and uh, just let you know that it does mean a lot to me that you um, that you give me an environment in which I can thrive as an athlete and as a competitor and in everything that I'm doing outside of the Open Guard cast while also oh, yeah. understanding that this is still a joint thing. Um, For sure. I mean, you always have to put your own personal growth and development ahead of everything else because – like obviously, like with your beliefs and and with Christianity and stuff, you're trying to give back to people and stuff. But you also have to put yourself first in many ways so that you're capable of giving back. So, um, you know, your your competitive career is really important to me. Your teaching career is really important to me. And everything you do outside of this is helps you bring better experience into this as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's gonna be times where it happens, but it's, I mean, I love it. I love how you're always out there, like like last weekend at nationals, challenging yourself, competing against some of the best black belts in the world. Doing doing your thing. Like, it's all just part of the bigger picture, you know? Yeah. And uh, real quick on that note, I want to thank um, a lot of the people came up and just had uh, and just had this this really cool moment with me to just thank Danny and I for what we do for the community. Um, that's really what we do it for is uh, we do it for you guys. And there was there was a number of people uh, over five, like it was over five. And that's enough. Like one, one would be like unreal. But for five people to come up, and uh, I'm sorry, I don't remember all your guys' names, but just uh, if you're listening to this and you were one of the people who came up to me at American Nationals and you just thanked us for what we do 
or you thanked us for um, the content we put out, then uh, just know that that means so much to us. And we are so incredibly grateful that we have a, a community that appreciates the work that we do. Um, and we'll continue to do it. Like I said, next episode is episode 100. Um, and I actually want to make, I'm, I'm being serious. I want, uh, I want Eddie from Agra to make a special, a, a, a special graphic or a special like parody logo of the open guard cast that just has Danny's face in the middle. <laughs> says the Danny O'Donnell show. So whenever he has to do it, I can at least like change it just like as, so people are like, Oh, it's the Danny O'Donnell show, you know? But, um, it's been it's been a, a huge a huge pleasure of ours a huge honor of ours to be able to serve the community because that's what we're trying to do. Oh, for sure. And uh, yeah, I think uh, we should mm-hmm. we should definitely talk about like some of the funniest moments on the show. Uh, I know I've talked about the story before, but like just being able to uh, start the the show with Danny after uh, like on a whim, like not really thinking about it at all, and just being like, "All right, cool. Like let's start a let's start a blog. Let's start a podcast. All right." Yeah, we kind of just like jumped right in and then just saw where it took us and didn't really plan <laughs> in the best way. It's taking yeah. us on a freaking ride, Danny O'Donnell. I mean, episode three, we had John Combs. And I was like, damn, it's mm-hmm. kind of a big guest. Like, like that's kind of a high-level jiu-jitsu practitioner to have on, on our podcast, third episode. And then I would have to look through the entire directory to see who, we, who else we had on. But I mean, having Alex have- Sterner on was really cool. Yes. Well, that that was great because Alex Turner is a, a fantastic human being. Uh, and I think it's cool. If you if you go back and listen to like old Open Guardcast episodes, you'll hear this such like a awkward dynamic. Like, how are we going to talk on the internet? You know what I mean? <laughs> but to be able to be like, hey, we're talking on the internet like we are in person. Uh, and you know what? The Open Guardcast is only going to get more and more professional. It's only going to get more and yeah. more fruitful the more time we spend working towards a studio and mm-hmm. making money and like oh all sorts of great stuff which obviously uh making money is the last of our concerns it's more about giving a good product but like man to 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 see us 100 episodes in uh better mics better software like okay we're already working towards all of this it's going to get better uh we have a lot of examples to follow but uh, I think one of my favorite moments of of the Open Guard cast, and I, I just can't get this out of my head. We were interviewing Adam Bradley, <laughs> and it was the first time. <laughs> Adam, if you're listening to this, just know that we love you, dude. This was so funny. It had nothing to do with anything Adam said. But uh, end of the episode, usually what happens is we we click end recording, and we talk for a little bit after the episode. We thank them for coming on, everything like that. Uh <laughs> Adam just hangs up. <laughs> and and I was like, all right, thank you for listening to this episode. Of the, or Danny was like, thank you for listening to this episode of the Open Guard Cast. This episode, you know, whatever the number was. Thank you guys for listening. Peace. Boom. Pushes end. And then Adam just goes, boop. And just leaves. And Danny and I lose it. Like, both realized how funny it was and just lost it. And I remember that was like a moment that I was like, that is so funny. Like, we both just assumed he was going to stay. <laughs> we both assumed. Like, a guy has like, no I obligation. I am bored as shit of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, they asked me all these personal questions about horrible experiences I had in San Diego. Oh, dude. That that yeah, was with, funny. Uh, with his roommate? Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. That we was great. Him. We love so him it, and his roommate. We want to have him on the show. Oh, oh, dude. I don't know if we could track him down. But another... Yeah 
Bradley that we had on. Kevin Bradley. That was one of my favorite episodes, too. Oh, when he dude. said he, That was probably one of the hardest. I've, it was definitely the hardest I've ever laughed on the podcast. It was him <laughs> talking about going into Joe Rogan's studio and just trying to get free swag. <laughs> Can I have this? Can we have some free swag bags? Yeah, yeah. Just bring some wheelbarrow into the studio to fill with swag bags. What's well, it? Like oh, old inner old nineties statue. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't heard that, check that out. That was super funny. That was. Or if really you just funny. want to hear me make a fool of myself and laugh really hard, you could do that too. Well, I think it's also like it's important to note that the moments of the episode are the moments of the show that we had. Like we were nervous. Or like we had, it was a yeah. big guest, and we we knew the importance of the episode. So like, for instance, Andre Galvão, big one. We were really nervous for that episode, and then and then it went great, and it mm. was like very well done, and it was our biggest episode to date. It was the first episode I believe where we used the new thumbnail format on Instagram. Um, it was at seven a.m. on a Thursday, uh, and then the other episode was Kenny Florian, and Kenny is a fantastic guest. And that was like really big for us too. I mean, he he runs or he commentates BattleBots. He commentates the PFL. He has the Anik Florian podcast. He talks about the UFC. Like, it's a huge, huge deal to have him on. And for him to give us advice about how we can be there was really cool as well. Also, yeah. to give him my Chael Sonnen impression was really fun too. Because yeah, that was awesome. He actually really liked it, and I was like, oh, he likes. And he was he was Sonnen. my favorite MMA fighter coming up. So like, to see even just to see him like comment on our posts after we commentate EUG was incredible. Like yeah. that's that's absolutely surreal to me. Oh, dude, we're gonna be. Trust me, you gotta you gotta be able to see the future. If you can see, or what is it? If you can see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. That's what Matt Zillow always says, and that's a really. I think that's a really good. Uh, that's a really good quote uh, mm-hmm. from Matt. And I think Matt is a. I think Matt's a dumbass. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I love Matt. No, and we're gonna, gonna have, have Matt, Matt on the show. Yeah, post post episode. Sure. We have to have someone named Zoe on our 101st episode, so we can say it's a Zoe 101 episode. But there's no one I know <laughs> named Zoe. Uh, we'll search. We're, yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna Google search jujitsu athletes. Zoe Gillette. There is no Zoe Gillette. Uh, <laughs> there is no such thing. But um, yeah, man, I think that the 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 cool thing about the show is we we have those like really like I remember we had Andrew Wiltsey on and he just started talking about Cody Steele and Ronaldo Jr. and how easy those fights were and I was just like, what are you? I was like, dude, <laughs> like those guys are all really tough and you had a hard fight with them. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, I was there. You were bleeding. Like, what do you mean it was oh my easy? God. That's so funny. Your face was dripping with blood. <laughs> uh, and, but Andrew's just such a he's just he's just a transparent raw dude, and I love it. And I love I love the success Daisy Fresh is having. Um, it's kind of cool that they get that they get that notoriety. I think it's cool that I think Andrew will too be on Joe Rogan for sure. Yeah, he's already talked about him on on his show. So he's gonna have that. Kid I don't on. see why not. Yeah, I don't see why he would. It was cool having uh, Spatchy on too. I really, really enjoyed that because I got to meet yes. him like a couple weeks later at the Dallas Open. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. He's such a such a nice guy. Really yeah. good jujitsu. Uh, awesome, incredible story. Just coming from Australia and moving out to Mount Vernon, Illinois. Which oh yeah, is not the. It's not ideal. It's not exactly a travel destination. No, spot. no. <laughs> you, know, you know where I'm gonna move from my from my great eighty thousand dollar year mattress selling job. I want to move to Mount Vernon, Illinois. Yeah. I think, what the hell? No, it's a horrible idea. I, yeah, uh, I also really enjoyed – I really – sorry to interrupt you, but I, I, no, I also good. really enjoyed the, the Josh McKinney episodes. Oh, for sure. I think I being Josh able to McKinney. form a relationship with that man mm-hmm. and to be able to uh, – just to be able to like to, – to have a, 
a friend in the community who you can go on his podcast, he can come on your podcast, and you can build together. It's just so cool. Mm-hmm. And I got the opportunity to talk to Josh at American Nationals and pray with him. He's also a Christian. And Oh, at this recent American Nationals you saw him? Yeah, there? yeah, he was nice. there. Medium nice. heavy. He, I was heavy. He, he got third, heavy. right? He got third in I middle heavy? I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. And just, dude, like, guy's a great human being. And he's Amazing. got a great podcast. And, yeah, uh, I love Josh. His po- I listen to his podcast every episode. Yeah. He's awesome. He's really great. He's really great at what he does. And we want to have him back on. Uh, post episode 100 as well that's when we should mm-hmm. start bringing people back for round twos and round threes is post episode 100 and just be having conversations with people definitely and, uh, catching up i think that'd be really cool also machias luna congratulations uh, f- oh man that was recent awesome. guest recent open guard cast blessing is real people i'm telling you there's a there's something mysterious happening with people going on the open guard cast and then winning something him like, and his brother machias like luna. what nice guys too like meeting them at UG was the coolest thing I want to hang out with them when, next time. I really do. I want to get event. a beer with those guys. Like those guys yeah. are sick. They're and like awesome. I fought them and had wars with them. And I, and you know yeah. how you like you have a war with somebody and you're like, I wonder if we're cool. You know, like obviously we're cool, but like, I wonder how cool we are. Right. Dude, right. Mateo's just like, hey, like, dude, he'll he'll uh he'll walk by me and like squeeze my back and go, oh, Jake Watson, like that. And I'm like, <laughs> this guy is so funny. Like this guy is just teasing me. Yeah, those uh, guys are awesome. Those guys, they're great. They're great human beings. And I got to talk a little bit with Rafael Vasconcelos, very cool guy as well. Nice. Uh, Hanada Canuto. Uh, by the way, congratulations to Hibamar and Nacielli on uh, discovering the gender of your baby that you are having. Uh, it is going to be a girl, and uh, I'll be praying for you guys. That is, makes me so happy to hear. Uh, that was like really cool to see, and they've been doing a lot of public ministry as well. So really excited for Hibamar and Nacielli. And Alexa Yanes of Rodrigo Piero Jiu-Jitsu, I, I feel compelled to say congratulations to uh, the wife of Tiago Macedo for getting black belt. That was cool as well. Mm-hmm. I like Rodrigo Piero a lot. He's very cool. He's, he's uh, very, very close friends with Andre, my coach. Yeah, they seem so, to have an awesome group of guys and girls yeah. at that academy. Yeah. Tiago Macedo. Freaking yep. fantastic competitor. Hichar Noguera, Tiago Macedo. Yes. Hichar's yeah. got a good heart. He, he uh, He's got a... I want to get him on, like for sure. We should. We definitely should. And we should have Nick yeah. Salas and Danny Myra back on, too. They got. I think they oh, have yeah, a yeah. lot to tell because mm-hmm. they have, uh, they have like this this drive and this zeal about them that I think is really contagious. You know. Did you get to talk to them at Nationals, too? I did. Yeah, I got to hang out with them a little bit. Uh, I got to talk to Mikey Musumesi, Mike Misi, Mike. Michi. I don't know. I got to talk to him at, uh, at Nationals as well. He nice. liked what we did with the last UG. Um, oh, did he? That's cool. Yeah, he did. That's cool to hear. I got to talk a little bit about Nogi. I got to pick his brain a little bit about some of the different setups he uses. Uh, he's like, he's the kind of guy who's, I was like, hey, do you go for the Matrix and Nogi to expose the heel hook so that people give you their back? And he said, yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. I think I, I, I'm glad I understand that. <laughs> I'm glad I can see that. Uh, but he is like, he is just a, a whirlpool of information. Like, we'll talk about pasta and jujitsu in the same, like, 30 second conversation <laughs> and i'm like how did that happen like why was i along for that like usually i can different okay here let's talk about a different thing i just was like how do you go from birambolo to rigatoni like what well, i don't get the the parallel there but i, I love it and i want to i want to definitely talk to mikey musumichi more because that kid's that, that guy's cool yeah. and uh very very smart individual but daniel donald do you have anything else you want to you want to talk about this episode no, I was, that was cool hearing about your experience with Nationals. I know we talked about it a little bit before the episode, but we didn't get to go as in-depth. So, so it was just cool to hear you talk about the matches and your experience with mm-hmm. Nogi and all that stuff. And, and yeah, the podcast has been amazing. Like, It's been one of the best things that 
has happened to me pretty much just being able to meet all these new people in the jiu-jitsu community like strengthening our, our network in the community and yeah it's just been awesome i can't wait for the next couple of years like i don't ever see this coming to an end i hope to just keep it growing and i'm sure there'll be times where you know we're both busy and there's less episodes and then times where there's more episodes but i think it's always going to be something that we do and always be something that we work on and we're going to add to it probably take some things away and continue to refine it based on everyone's feedback so yep one thing we really like is just messages that people send so if you ever feel compelled to say anything about the the podcast whether it be a guest you want to see on or just some feedback you have for us or anything like that or if you just want to just want to talk. That'd be cool too. Yeah, <laughs> um, honestly, we've met some really cool people that way. So Kabir, yeah, Kabir for yeah, sure. Kabir's awesome. He's the first one that comes to mind. <laughs> My boy meets wine. Yeah, yeah. Well, well yeah. <laughs> Chris, I met him well before the podcast. But <laughs> yeah, but I met him because of the podcast. That's true. Um, that's true. So check it out, Danny. Uh, here's here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna um, we're gonna continue to grow this thing. We're gonna continue to work hard. We're gonna continue to give and serve because that's where we find fruit. That is uh, how the uh, that is how people find success as they serve. So we're gonna continue to serve the jiu-jitsu community the way that we know how, which is by giving everything we got. And uh, we are absolutely just so excited for the future. Uh, I know for a fact we are going to be uh, one of the biggest and most uh, one of the biggest and most prolific. Uh, podcasts in jiu-jitsu but i think that it'll transcend that eventually and we will uh have a bigger role in combat sports in general and i'm really excited to see what that means and what that looks like but uh until that time we're just gonna we're just gonna continue to have some fun we're gonna continue to you know build this thing up and 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 work together to give the jiu-jitsu community everything we think it deserves for sure i can't wait i'm so excited so next episode is episode 100 yeah are you kidding me are you kidding me? No, you're not. We're real. This is real life. Uh, before, uh, when we do episode 100, we'll be sure to include a special thank you to all the people who are along for the ride, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna definitely continue to grow and improve as uh, as as it gets to episode 200. Episode 200 is gonna be like I'm gonna need to like I don't know get drunk and go crazy and make a <laughs> or something. I don't know. I've only had one beer while doing the uh, Open Guard cast. That was Kit Dale's episode. Oh but yeah, gosh, maybe I'll maybe course. I'll do that. Uh, of course, it was Kid Dale's episode. <laughs> Horrible influence. <laughs> Think about learning. If you're gonna, if you're gonna <laughs> learn, you're gonna need to put yourself in a position where you're not gonna drill. Drilling is for construction workers. It's not for me. <laughs> Anyways, Danny, you gonna take us out of here? Yes. Just want to thank Electrum Performance really quick before I sign us out. Amen. Them and uh, Alex Turner, Alex Bryce, and also AgroBrand Eddie from AgroBrand. Our academies, Marcio Andre Jiu-Jitsu, Mark Abba, BJJ. I was planning on just talking about Electrum, then I was like, nope, mention other stuff. So, yeah, thank you to all those people, everyone who's listened. We will be back for episode 100 very shortly. So thanks again for listening, episode 99, and we'll see you guys soon. We love you.